0: podcast number 220 hard to believe and we're glad you're here and where is here here is sugarland texas so grab a globe spin it around and bang i'm not sure where you ended up but spin it around fine texas southeast side of texas is houston southwest side of houston is sugarland and just before we get started just want to thank you for the donations and continued support goes a long way to help the ministry. Uh, we're starting to get out of the studio and doing live events, and typically at men's ministries. So if you see us, stop in and say hi. And if you want to book, let's just go to the website. You know, we're not pastors. We're just regular guys, and each of us are on our own spiritual journey. But we feel all men are leaders, and leaders of your family, leaders at work, leaders in your church and community. But sometimes that le- dog needs to be fed and spiritually recharged, That's why we're here, and so whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, our website, man-up, spiritualoasis.com or pray.com, we're glad you are joining us, and we're on this No Church Answers Tour, and glad that you've joined us, and basically what we do here is uh, we've got a great group of guys we have a ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship uh, lesson or Sunday School lesson. And what we do is uh, we get an overview from all the fellas, read the scripture, and then what we do is we uh, discuss it, unpeel it like an onion, update it, and uh, apply it to our lives. So and with that, it's, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, introduce the panel at this time. And uh, he's a world-class policy writer, a bit of a professional gambler, and also a producer of this show, Mr. Steve Titch. All
3: right, Steve. Hey, he's Steve. He's working our keyboard tonight. Our, our, That's our, right. Our, our control board, He's right? the, t- he's the tech, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Attorney and prosecutor. Uh, we call him the judge. Michael Cropper. Hey, Mike. T- hey, guys. Good evening. Um, insurance broker, uh, deacon uh kyle trahan hey kyle. guys right, kyle. and my name is bill cox i'm basically a salesman kind of the director of the man dash up movement and uh our corporate trainer and kind of group theologian robert koshu is out on location and so we're going to bring him in uh, at this time
1: hey everybody this is robert koshy the professor i am not in the man up studio with the guides this week I am in Salt Lake City for the Association for Talent Development Conference um, and Exposition. And just wanted to chime in real quick. So we are talking about the Queen of Sheba this week and her visit to Solomon. And this is one of those stories in the Bible that gets a lot of good airplay because it's fun. But I think what we see here is a pagan who recognizes there is something about Solomon's faith that's different, and she is coming to explore and coming to seek and coming to wonder, and I think one of the calls that we have as men, and I want to encourage everyone to think of this, is how do you live your faith in a way that people come to you and look at you and say there is something different about you, and how do you live your life that's so different and what makes that difference in your life. And I think that is the central message from this particular subject. And I want to thank everybody for filling in and covering for me while I am out. And I will be back in studio with the guys next week. This is Robert Koshu signing off from Salt Lake city, Utah.
0: That it was the group theologian professor, Robert Koshu. (laughs) Hey, thanks Robert. And uh, we're going to go ahead and go on with a basic overview of this particular lesson totally interesting different from what we're used to talking about and uh, get an overview from mr steve ditch
2: well thank you yes um robert set us up pretty well from afar the question is is what do we do when someone asks us about our faith and it's an not not necessarily uh out of the blue but taking it in the spirit the the lesson comes at somebody approaches us somebody sees somebody something different about the way we're living, or about the way uh, our life is going, or the way we approach life, and asks, what do you have that I don't, or, or how did you figure it out? It could come in, in many different ways. Maybe we've all had different, different experiences with the same question. We don't know the conversation Solomon and the Queen of Sheba have. That, that is, we just know that she asked him hard questions. And maybe we can talk a little about what those those harsh questions might be. Um, so, uh, it's going to be an interesting discussion because we don't exactly know what Solomon said, what they talked about, but we do know that she was very, very impressed with his answers and his wisdom. As 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 impressed as she was with his riches and his wealth, she had that too. I that's important to know. She was not coming from a from a place of poverty or a place of want, She was a peer. She was a royal peer, yet she sensed Solomon had some bit of wisdom that she lacked, and apparently she got something out of it because she left praising God.
0: Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper, your overview on this particular All right, lesson.
2: Bill, yeah. yeah um,
3: folks, any of you who have heard the story of the Queen of Sheba coming and visiting Solomon, you know that she came because she had heard about him. Um, Robert specifically mentioned he thought it was her reputa- his reputation because of his wisdom. Uh, there are many thoughts by the author in our in our lesson that Bill explained to you that we're looking at and it's lesson number 12 in our book and um, we know that she probably did not ask about wealth which just Steve just said which is correct. Why? Because she brought much gold jewels and spices as presents to Solomon. In fact she brought about six 600 pardon me, about six tons of gold to Solomon. I looked it up in the dictionary about what that would be. You know how many camels that would take to bring six tons? We're talking about 12,000 pounds of gold she brought to him and spices and jewels that were not probably just to us it would be a beyond imagination. But anyway, so she wasn't looking for wealth or knowledge of how to acquire wealth. Politics, she seemed to be a successful queen. She was probably not looking for advice on that. She brought advisors with her to help her, help her ask questions to Solomon about his prowess. Uh, as far as military knowledge, she was already commander-in-chief of an established kingdom, so she probably seemed to have everything in sufficient control over it from what we've read. However, she did not think she had everything, just like Steve said, and Bill has mentioned so far. She longed to know the answers to her difficult questions. And so what does a person who has everything want to know? And I mentioned that, Steve, we were talking about this just before we started the podcast. Uh, the author makes a reasonable h- hypothesis that the Queen of Sheba's questions would be what most people are concerned with uh, when they have everything and lack nothing. And she might want to know about life and death. They usually want to know about life after death. Um, if if they don't believe the same way we do, they might want to say, uh, really, uh, what are you going to do after you die? We know this because there are wealthy people out there, uh, even today, that have been cryogenically frozen in hopes that scientists will one day find a way to rejuvenate their bodies and to heal them and bring them back to life. Keep so the
0: party going. <laughs> <laughs> yes, people are right, consumed with death. Right, right.
3: And, and the author suggests an can concern, concern in his lesson. He says, is, is there life after death? How can I know for Sure. What is the path to live forever? Is there really one God? Who is he? How do I find him? Who created the universe? What keeps the stars in the skies? By the way, I added the last five. He didn't suggest <laughs> that. <laughs> so anyway, the spiritual answers. The author suggests that Solomon told her of one God, and the questions of, Sol, of uh, the Queen of so- uh, Sheba confirms that Yahweh, this is interesting, and, and Bill's going to read the text in just a moment, Uh, The word for Lord, as it's used in our text, is Yahweh, which is a covenant God with Israel, who truly loves Solomon because he made Solomon king on God's throne over Israel for God. Bill?
0: Excellent. Uh, Kyle Trahan, your overview on this
4: uh, lesson. Really, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall at that conversation. Because...
3: Might have got swatted. (laughs) Right.
4: (laughs) Well, they usually had something to swat right. at those things back then, they didn't have you know yeah, <laughs> uh, some of the stuff we had and most of their uh, places were open air because they didn't have our conveniences of the wonderful air conditioning that we get to enjoy. You know, the conversation that had to that had to have been, because, as you guys pointed out, it's she didn't need. I mean, obviously, the, the rumor and the knowledge of his wisdom would have gotten around. So she would have been intrigued. But what was she seeking? I mean, she had her own deities and gods that they prayed to and everything. What was she truly seeking? And to come off, uh, as Mike said, praising God at the end, Obviously, whatever she asked at least invoked the right conversation out of Solomon to bring enough of the uh, light of God, if you'll excuse the expression, you know, to the forefront that she left seeing something that she didn't come with.
0: Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, read uh, 2 Chronicles 9, 1 through 12. Now when the Queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions, having a very great routine and camels bearing spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she told him all that was on her mind. And Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing hidden from Solomon that he could not explain to her. And when the Queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food of his table, the seating of his officials and the attendance of his servants and their clothing, his cupbearers and their clothing and his burnt offerings that he offered at the house of the Lord. There was no more breath in her. And she said to the king, The report was true that I heard in my own land of your words and of your wisdom, but I did not believe the reports until I came and my own eyes had seen it. And behold half the greatness of your wisdom was not told me you surpass the report i have heard happy are your wives happy are your are those your servants who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom blessed be the lord your god who has delighted in you and set you on his throne as king for the lord your god because your god loves israel and would establish them forever he has made you king over them that you may execute justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold and a very great, great quantity of spices and precious stones. There were no spices such as those that the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Moreover, the servants of Hiram and the servants of Solomon who brought gold from Ophir, brought algam wood and precious stones And the king made from the algam wood supports for the house of the Lord and for the king's house, lyres also, and harps for the singers. There never was seen the like of them before in the land of Judah. And King Solomon gave to the queen of Sheba all that she desired, whatever she asked besides what she had brought to the king. So she turned and went back to her own land with her servants. And with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, we'll take our first break and we will come back. This is Man Up Podcast number 220. We will be right back.
5: Hey, pastors Pastors and church church leaders. leaders.
0: Queen to Sheba, <laughs> how awesome must that gift have been? But think about this. I was just, uh, as I was doing some show prep, from Ethiopia to Israel is about 2,400 miles. Camel caravans basically go at the speed of a man's walk, which mm-hmm. is two or three miles per hour. And because you're going across the desert, through a lot of that, you're limited to nine or ten hours of travel, which would mean that would take about 80 days to complete a trip like that, one way. And so uh, the thing about it is, and as I was thinking about this, Queen Sheba, she was probably about the same age as Solomon. She probably... And, and I don't know the story. Not, we,
2: I, we are told that this is now 20 years since he is taken the throne. It's taken the throne. I, this was in, in, it's, in, it's in Kings. Um, so he's built his, he's built the temple. He's built his palace. So he's now right now at the height. So figure out if we were going by 20, he's about 40. He's middle he, it, right. she, she could Yeah, that's not and, a reasonable and, assumption. And
0: she's probably followed his career mm-hmm. and probably because she was a queen, her... Her family, royal family, probably had a relationship with, with David. And so, what I'm saying is, it's kind of like the mutual respect neighborhood of, of what they have. I mean, uh, Sheba and Solomon, and, and, you know, think about it. I don't know if you've ever been, if you've ever been like the top salesman or the top writer or the, the top. Attorney, or whatever, and then of your group, and then you get together with the other groups, and you gravitate to the tops of the other groups. So I think there's like maybe a mutual admiration. Well, I I figure, I
2: figure they were No, I think you're quite right. I think you you have to assume they were already trading that there was diplomatic relations between between the countries, between the kingdoms. Uh, We, we, but this was uh, this was a gala state visit. I mean, this is like, whoa. Um, I mean, Hiram and, and Solomon got along, but, but Hiram was not that far away. Uh, Hiram was pretty much up the coast. If, if, if Solomon is, is in Jerusalem, King Hiram would be around where Beirut is. So that, that was not 80 days. Uh, it was right. probably uh, 10 maybe, and, and certainly by messenger, very quick. Uh, yes, here you've got this. This car this this, Care- you know, and, and got, uh, this took like landing. moving a small city. This look this probably was the biggest thing since they dedicated the temple. Yeah. And
0: and he and you gotta imagine it, I mean think about this. People in my lifetime that would have garnered this kind of admiration and about the same age, the only thing I could come up with was JFK you you know someone that would be that internationally respected for a wisdom at a young age and something uh, you know i mean that was the that would have the charisma of solomon and would be respected like that that was the closest thing that i could come up with that i that i could think of
3: to get this much much reputation as solomon had and i think i was inferring to this but i may not have made it clear I think there was a lot more than just his wisdom. I think the building of the temple, for instance, was phenomenal. We all know it was exquisite. There was nothing like it. It had gold doors. Inside it was completely gold. Um, He built a palace for himself that was huge and made of expensive woods and had jewels in it. He built a palace for his wife from uh, Egypt, I believe. Is that correct, guys? One of them, yes. And then, yes, one of them. (laughs) And then he built another... Uh, I want to say a playoffs for himself in the the force of Lebanon. So together, those things, if if you would say that anybody here in Europe heard of Michael Cropper, they would probably laugh and say, who? Right. (laughs) So with Solomon's reputation came, I think, the introduction, the fact that there is somebody over in Israel that is super wealthy, and and God has given it to him, so it's not. I I think it's a combination and, of, of two things: of wealth, it to right? God. Yes, he does. Right. Yes, to that's the important God. thing. So I, I and find is it. not squandering it, and,
0: and, and is not the integrity. I think there's the integrity is what's going with it because there, it sounds like from what the context, plenty of people were wealthy. Okay, but what she respected about is the way that he handled the wealth.
2: This, is, this yeah. might be, because we were, we've been talking about this for the last few weeks, yeah. this might be so- Solomon finally coming into his own or being recognized as coming into his own. Because we talked last right. week about, you know, did he get handed everything? Maybe that's what the, you know, that's what the naysayers would say. And now mm-hmm. you have the Queen of Sheba. And, and the big thing, taking it back to what you were saying, Bill, she is coming to see him. And that is, that is a big deal. She is taking the trip. Her, her royal majesty is getting on the camels and taking the trip to see him, honoring him with a visit. That, that is a huge statement in and of itself.
0: I, I, abs- I absolutely agree. And, you know, I, I'm going to throw this out there just because I, w- I was thinking of it anyway. I think today, though, the the man's spin on this particular lesson is wealth comes and goes as far as monetary wealth, but wealth of knowledge and wealth of habits is something that is totally different, and I think we can look at this is that she was seeking out, uh, if not a mentor certainly someone who was going through the same thing as her seeking someone that was at her level uh, that someone that understood the level that she was
4: at in her own country and so there's um, only certain conversations you can have with you need someone of the same status absolutely that's maybe not family or you know a trusted advisor or You know, you need
0: not necessarily
4: a competitor either. Exactly.
3: She came looking for answers. And that's the point you guys are making, right? She was looking for some answer to fill a void that she had. You didn't see Solomon go over to find her. And you didn't see Solomon go to King Hiram and say, can you give me advice? You saw her come to him and say, I want some advice. I want to know the answers to these things if you know them. And, and again, we we equated to, and the author possibly equates it to the knowledge of God or, or the universe and whatever answers he gave, sufficed her and made her sufficiently happy and content that she went back happy and praised God, like Steve said. This is the amazing thing of the text that she not only went back happy, but she went back praising God and blessed the God of Solomon.
0: You know, I was uh, intrigued uh, by the production notes that steve gave us about uh how christians uh take things too literally if they assume they erase the gospel they'll become rich as solomon and it just kind of reminds me of the prosperity gospel and uh at a risk to um open up a big fight i'm just gonna go ahead and say it uh (laughs) it's how what faith does is changes the way you look at things you may not look at yourself as wealthy before but you when you place your values on what is eternal you become wealthy without accumulating stuff so um i just kind of wanted to throw that out there um, about the uh, prosperity gospel, there's
2: nothing wrong with attacking the prosperity gospel because it's it's flawed. <laughs> uh, <and laughs> other, it's other than that, <laughs> yeah, it's other, other than, than that, that no but, big deal. but yeah, <laughs> this is but this is a danger in reading too much into this because clearly the author of Chronicles equates Solomon's wealth with his faithfulness of God. But let's let's look let's look beneath that veneer, and that's why I said. She, Sheba the Queen of Sheba has had pretty much everything Solomon did I, Let's not argue about I, the, the final things but, so, I agree so, with that But, but she, she had everything material that he had And, and in our situation we, we as Christians should feel very wealthy uh, not, not necessarily monetarily or materially But because we, we, we have the Savior on our side We are, we are following Jesus Christ and we know there are ultimate rewards and more, more true wealth to that than than you know all, all of Solomon's riches. But that's and that's and that's really what we should be trying to, to when when someone approaches us and says, Bill or Kyle or or Mike, why why do you go to church or why do you believe uh, in the Bible or why do you do this podcast? They're asking. In some ways, they're asking, and, and they're not doing it in a ridiculing way. They're asking, and they might have everything you have. They might be, you know, the same type of house, and they're saying, "I look at you, and I see something organized, or something coordinated, something, something about the way you're living. Tell me about it." And you may, and, and, you know, for all we know, is the whole questions took Solomon apart. Solomon might have just been going along, doing what he thinks he's doing, and suddenly Sheba approaches and, and says. If you saw the way the world sees you, you'd be like really, you would be really not for a loop because, because because you don't come off across like like the all the other kings do. That maybe right. that's what she said. I'm I'm speculating here, yeah, but yeah. Jeff, that's yeah. kind of what yeah. the question you might get. You might get what you know why why orange? How do you manage to still be a good employee and still go home for the weekend? And have a family, and not need four drinks after work. What, what's 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 going on in your life that that you're able to hold it together? When you know, I went to the same school as yours. I you know have the same economic background. We have the same education background. Yet why why is my life a shambles and yours? At least not now. That's not, not to say again. I'm not being there. Are, People who are Christians have troubles going on there in their life. But I think it's the way, it's the way they deal with them.
0: It's the that, attitude.
2: Yeah, it's the way they, it's the way they tr- go through them, I think, that also makes people sit up and take notice.
0: Well, I think uh, if, if somebody actually came up to me, I think the first question I would say uh, or statement is I would say is, I'm on a faith walk. I believe in faith. I I've been on it my whole life. I believe there's something internal that gives meaning to my life. That's that's, that's that that's so that, that, that's the first I mean, that's, that's, that's 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 the first thing. So if you don't care so if you don't care about that, if that's not important to you, then that's a that's a garden that'll never get manicured. But,
2: but there are, there are people who you know, I've done Zen, I've done Tao, I've done this. Um what they're going I mean what you just answered, I'm not, I'm not really calling you out, but anybody, can say, any, anybody who follows anything can say that, oh, yeah, I have an intern. What is it about specifically Christianity and Jesus and, and this whole gospel, let's call it the gospel, that, that makes your life different?
0: It may not make my life different, but what it does, it makes the way I look at my life different
2: doesn't that make your life (laughs) it's kind of like a Uh, scientific you know okay no the fact that it changes the way you look at life has to well (laughs)
0: okay okay you can take two me's you can take me and you can clone me we don't when I was a kid (laughs) right uh, yeah of course you don't but for this example you can clone me and the first thing in the morning I had to do is I had to feed the pigs before school which was a drag okay but because i'm on my faith walk and i just believe i believe this helped my my family and this it was kind of like a duty and i i didn't didn't necessarily feel great about it but i didn't grumble about it either which i absolutely would have if i didn't have faith in my life and it just basically my faith grew from there and I think through devotion if you're serious about anything whether it and it doesn't matter if it's Christianity or whatever kind of faith if you have devotion for it you practice it you absolutely should get better at it with time and it should make a difference and you're right there are plenty of people but the vast majority that that don't have faith in their life but the problem isn't going down the road the problem is getting started they never start they never allow it to be a part of their life and so they're always they're always having human problems because they only look at it in the human realm they don't look at it in a spiritual realm
3: so. Aya. My, my answer would be uh, because I had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He came into my heart. I experienced it, and then and if they want to know any more than that, most will say, uh, I'm, I'm off. I'm gone." I'll, I'll say it began in Genesis with the creation of the world. Right. It created whenever God created Adam and Eve, He put them in the garden and He told them, "Don't eat of the tree of knowledge." Right? He told them and and, and, and folks, do I believe in the, the Garden of Eden? Yes. Yes, I do. He told them not to eat of the tree of knowledge. He gave them everything they could possibly want, much like Solomon. And by the way, we'll, we'll look into the next lesson on Solomon. I think Steve goes into uh, some things that Solomon does he shouldn't do, which is worshipping worshiping differently than what he's taught. But the fact is, as is, is God told him not to eat of the tree of knowledge, and out of Everything they could possibly want, they desired the one thing that they couldn't have, and that was to taste of the tree of knowledge. And they did that. And then in order to, they they sinned by disobeying God, and then in order to atone for their sin, they became afraid when God came to them, they had to kill an animal in order to put on clothes. And this is what God ended up doing to kill or sacrifice an animal for their sin, which they had done. And then throughout from there, we hear about Moses. We hear about uh, the, the great flood with Noah. And all through the Old Testament, through the entire Bible, there's a thread regarding sacrifice. And Moses and um, some of the prophets spoke of a time would come when you wouldn't have to offer an animal for sacrifice to God, to appease his anger because of our sin. And, then, and, they, and that came through Jesus, his son,
0: You'd say, that that you'd say all that to them, You'd say all that there. to a Mike.
2: And, yeah, yeah, if they, if <laughs> and they'd still listening. be there.
3: Y'all are welcome to and, and interject something yeah. there.
2: Well, you're, but, you're not wrong, but that's not that's pretty that's not good. I mean, and what you're giving basically is, the, is the, the narrative, what's in the Bible, which could also be very helpful. But
3: what are I you looking for? What are you looking I'm for? Say, ask me, I'm going to say this.
2: I'm going to say this, and this is a church answer, but I think it's a right church answer. Uh-oh, because beep, because, the because it's 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 <laughs> what really is what it, because it's the only thing that works cuz I don't think I don't think uh, apologetics works I don't think history works. you have to talk about your own experience you have to tell you you have to put yourself in in the narrative and so and you've talked about your 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 story uh, often go, folks go back and go through our library mike michael talk... uh Quite a bit about... He was a rock experience. and roller
0: that chased women. Yes. So, just so there,
2: that, oh, that's his incentive ah, then, to go then, find the uh, story. Then he went sift to law through those, <laughs> sift Thanks <through> a lot. <laughs> those. But nonetheless, you you there's you really have to talk about your experience with the Lord, and yeah. because that's that's where the rubber hits the road. That's where it becomes mystical. That's where it becomes mysterious. That's where it becomes, dare I say, it's supernatural. But we as christians can't be afraid of that and we don't have to get all weird but if we're honest all of us have had not just us in our room i think all of us all of us who are who are who are christians who, who follow this faith have had some kind of religious experience some kind mm-hmm. of experience with god that cannot be explained by science by well, the laws of physics, or by you know material, by the material and rules, and no one can refute your experience with the Lord, right, 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 right. Steve. So, this is exactly. I and, agree and, with you. And, and it's powerful enough. That. That's and that's and and that's really what what gets people thinking. Um, and, yeah, yeah, no, I agree with. You. I agree. We're getting
0: ready to go to the second break, and I just want to throw this out. I was basically a mean little kid, <laughs> and was. Uh, uh, and really, the golden rule worked for me. Do unto others as you would have those do unto you. But there's also, according to my dad, a silver rule. Don't do unto others as you would not have them do unto you. And I can tell you, between both of those, those modified my behavior in a positive way. So, um, And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Man Up podcast
5: number 220. We will be right back.
0: And welcome back, everybody. Man up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 220. We're talking about Queen of Sheba and the hard questions that uh, uh, she was asking Solomon when she made the long trip up to see him. And uh, just a couple of things that I wanted to make sure that I threw out on this pot- uh, podcast was this. Do you think Sheba, when she went up there was trying to tempt or to trick Solomon? Or did she just want to verify what she heard?
3: She brought so much. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Colin. And I had
4: one other kind of question there of, you know, for our biblical scholars here. um, Were there any larger, bigger temples to any other gods that we know of? Because this was a pretty big...
2: The uh, Egyptians had them. They, by by yeah, now, the, I, the, I mean yeah. a lot of what's still there. The, te- the, the pyramids were there, the, um, the temples of uh, Karnak. All, all that stuff that's actually still down on in Luxor was all dates from, mm-hmm. from about 1500 B.C., which would put that put them before this time. So, so yes, so it was a common thing to build temples to your god, and not to mention... But maybe this, temples, maybe, this like exactly. one, maybe this was a
4: grander one. or This the was the biggest best. Exquisite. Right. Well, I don't know yeah. about the, biggest, but the maybe, most exquisite the most. Well, and exquisite. maybe one she didn't know much about. Right. You know, so yeah. it's why do you build a temple so grand to a god? You know, and tell me about him. You know? And I'm sure she had some very interesting questions at that. And I had one other question that I wanted you guys to kind of maybe pilfer. Verse ten and eleven, I have no clue why they had to be here in this story. It throws in moreover the servants of Hiram and the servants of Solomon who brought that gold and the wood and the this and the that, and they made some would they they made the harps and the lyres and why that had to be in there sometimes the bible I, I look at stuff like that and i 'm okay that 's just a weird interjection of a rabbit trail from prior lessons to me.
2: I guess they were par- I guess they were partying. Yeah. Send <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: some
2: more stones yeah. and I uh, Send yeah, yeah. some more some a him a more maybe you know, maybe, you know they got hire him I, I, down there.
3: I, it may be that uh, verses 12, 12 was supposed to be 10 and 10 was supposed to be
2: 12. I will say be. It, it but, it just, but, but no, we're coming back to you. You brought up me. something
3: <laughs> really really fascinating here. And it's real clear. Um Verse 8, part of the things that impressed the Queen of Sheba was the burnt offerings Solomon offered to his God, which means how how important it was to him to honor God in the most incredible way because we know that he offered huge sacrifices constantly. It was part of his faith to God and his belief in God. And that seemed impressive, Impress her as well as there was no breath left in her after she saw the attendance of his servants the clothing they were wearing his cupbearers who would bring his wine or whatever drink he drank the clothing they were wearing and his burnt offerings offered at the house of god so you mentioned that uh and i don't remember exactly what you said about you said something about uh, a god i believe there and this came to my mind um, and it, Now, uh, and the other thing to answer your other question, I think 10 and 11 are supposed to probably be verse 12 and 12 is supposed to be verse 10. <laughs> it looks like it the way I the way I look at it, which is possible that they could always rearrange these somehow or another because, you know, many of the verses we will look, they're out of order. The books sometimes appear to be out of order in the Old Testament, right? right. Yeah, sometimes so so it, it's strange. possible that the uh, uh, person who wrote that uh, uh, mixed up two of the lines or... Or whoever copied it mix lines. i have to look at
2: pretty, pretty close follows follows the text in, in kings as well so this is probably mm-hmm. all it is oh is kings. that right but i'm, I'm going to take it i'm going to yeah, we can check it's only a few pages you know a few uh a uh, few you know a couple of pages back more than a couple of pages but i was i was trying to find it um to answer your question bill about would it, she come to tempt him i i don't think you i don't sense it in the text but in the King, I believe in the King James version. Um, I, I, I didn't mean to say that. In the King James version, the the hard questions is translated as riddles, which right. um, is not the best translation. It's another case of be careful of the translations because that makes it sound like ah, I'm going to try to entrap you with these. Right, I've heard See that how, like that, yeah. See how and, smart
0: you really and, are, and, or and, clever.
2: And when, when actually the the Hebrew, and it was kind of a, it really was a later Aramaic conflation in there as well. This, is, well, this Bible study stuff, but but hard questions is a much more accurate translation. So so, but I but sometimes you'll find you'll find older commentary that this is this is kind of where it kind of puts a puts a kind of a, a dark spin on Shiva. What was she there for? But if we, if we look at, at the text as it, as it exists, as it's been translated now with better scholarship, it seems she's, she's on, a, on a quest to find out what, what is this Solomon's God all about. And it seems that her questions are, come from an honest heart. And I go back to saying when, when, when the Bible wants to tell us something, it tells us something. It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, you know, we, we've gone through David and we've gone through all this stuff. Um, so if there was something, if there was something dark about Sheba, we, they, they would have reported it, I think. Yeah, yeah.
4: Well, and, you know, knowledge and wisdom, it's power. I mean, the more you know, the better you're, better you're able to control things. And with Solomon being such a known person for his wisdom, she sought him out. Um, Again, I think the the added part of being um, part of the the trading, I know somebody mentioned that earlier. I mean, you know, one of the big things that Mm -hmm. comes out of uh, Egypt and and Africa is frankincense, which was a big Mm -hmm. commodity in Israel. So partly I think it would have been keeping up trade as well or establishing, depending on what new commodities she may have had.
0: Well, you know, <clears throat> you know and I, I also <coughs> like the idea that what Steve said earlier, as we get down to the end and, and get to our final comments on this particular podcast about uh, Queen of Sheba, it, it probably could have been a state dinner. Uh, and if as far as, like I said, you know, politics... Uh, he may have looked like uh, JFK from afar, uh, you know, uh, up and comer, awesome, uh, in a country that is really uh, uh, up and coming as well, uh, with a lot with a lot of wealth. And then she goes there and has a state dinner, and it may be something like the uh, relationship that uh, Reagan and Margaret Thatcher had. They were both. Uh, heads of uh, b- large uh, uh, countries that were powerful, and 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 they and they got along. They just seemed uh, seemed to help each other, and I think maybe this uh, Sheba, uh, on her way up, um, it may have been just about trade and a relationship, but. Uh, Found someone that was at her level, someone that she really connected with. So, um, anyway, we're coming down to the end of podcast number two twenty. Want to just get some final thoughts and uh, takeaways from the fellas, and uh, start
4: with uh, Kyle Trahan. You guys have been talking, you know, tonight to be ready to be able to speak as to why you. Why you know the Lord, why you believe, why you have faith, why why we're here, and that's still one that I struggle with to have that at the ready I know i I believe in God, I know I have faith, I know I believe in heaven and but having that conversation at the ready is still one that is difficult, Bill, you've said plenty of times that uh, like the evangelism type of thing is not your gig.
0: I was going to say that in a couple of minutes, too.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> finally got one on. Bob. I did. I got it ahead of
4: time. All right. I'm still in material. All right. And that's one that I need to work on, you know, as a personal. Um, I don't know. The last couple of years have been hard as well it just makes you, makes you rethink everything, I guess. And I think that's a good thing to do every now and then because you reevaluate your life. And you maybe find out where you are in the wheel. Again, as Bill says, you may find out which spoke you are at that moment. And so I think we all need to, especially as men, reevaluate and have that conversation more at the ready i know it's one spot that i'm going to work on excellent uh, takeaway from
0: you uh, michael cropper
3: uh, yeah bill we we had talked earlier and uh, um, Stephen mentioned earlier that uh, uh, our personal experience with christ is really our best testimony our best way to to bring people to the, know the Lord load or refute arguments that they might have uh, I wrote down difficult questions I thought we might cover and we <laughs> did not, <could> not cover, <laughs> uh, and, and I'll just throw them out for just a second, because uh, uh, there are things that people have brought to me and asked me about and asked me, asked me to answer. Uh, for instance, and I mentioned that earlier, what about life after death? Do you really believe that there is life after death? And, and the answer to that is yes, there is. I believe that wholeheartedly, and I believe Christ is the answer to that, and our key uh, to be resurrected after death why do bad things happen to good people or why do children acquire cancer things like that these are these are questions that have been posed to me and uh, and sometimes there is the law of nature that is involved and I think we've talked about that guys uh, very briefly. Uh, for instance if if you get a driver's license and you start driving a car the more more time that you spend driving, the more chance you have of having an accident in that car. It's just a law of averages. It's not, if you get hurt in it, it's not because you've sinned, it's because there are laws of, basic laws of nature, which are neither good to me or nor bad, that occur. So uh, that's one of the things I've been asked many times, and of course, who created the universe? Well, we believe God did. We believe he existed before the universe, and we believe he created it. And uh, do all things, do all things, bad things occur because of sin? No, just what I said. Um, there are laws of nature. If you do things, you walk out in front of a car, you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hit. So my testimony that, that Steve alluded to, and, and he was very right on point, uh, whenever I tell you that I had a personal experience with Jesus Christ, and he changed my life, and he directed me and gave me a goal and a target at which to aim for through my whole life, that's what changed me, and that's what gave me direction. Bill,
2: Steve, Take away I think you. to I think what you don't have to worry about is having all the answers. Those are good it's questions. Good because those are the that's questions you get. Too. You get, and and like in and uh, and certainly there are times when they're asked earnestly, and. You know, you don't. You know, it's difficult to say. Well, I have faith, or or everything works out. You know, the the pring isn't to again to fall into platitudes. Uh, first of all, you have to if if you're if you're talking, you have to express certainly sympathy and validation of that person's feelings, whatever whatever wherever they're coming from. Uh, mm-hmm. They may be hurting, uh, and. Then it's, you know, I, it's if asked, the, the only thing you can do is say, I have faith and say why. Because, I've expe- you know, to, to say, I've experienced it without going maybe even to a long story, uh, I, I can tell you why a child gets cancer. Then there's sometimes a natural course of a disease, but why, 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 chi- why a child dies uh, yeah. without living a whole life and, and how tragic that is. Mm. The uh, and and I really hate the oh well it happened for a reason or it was God's will. No, no I, I it doesn't necessarily. God it isn't mm-hmm. necessarily God's will either. That's, no. that's uh, God wants the best for us, and I don't want to get into my own theology regarding this, but it, it, a lot of it derives from the Book of Job. But I, I will say this: all I uh, the 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 answer I can give is, God becomes apparent in the way, in the way even bad events change things for the better mm-hmm. uh, what this, this terrible thing happened so what would God want you to do about it what would Jesus want you to do about it uh, after the morning what does how does God want you to go forward after this experience what, does, what can you do to continue to advance the kingdom and again, I wouldn't put it that way, but I would say that's what I ask myself. After after, you know, after a time of mourning, reflection, grieving, I think I do the prayer is make something, help me make something sense of this. And maybe that's part of it, that you'll never get, of course, complete sense of it, but that, God comes alongside, or Jesus comes alongside you, and helps you gain some sort of transformation out of it. And maybe that's where I'm, I'm winding with this because I won't say I believe. I think it's, a, I think it's evident in the in the Bible. Uh, Christianity is a transformational religion. It it changes things. It takes it it takes a cross and turns it into some a symbol of holiness. It it thinks. It's and I think maybe that's, that's the ultimate story you might have somewhere in there, Kyle, a story of transformation. I was this, and now I'm that.
0: Well, what happens to me um, is typically uh, a non-believer or person not of faith that's trying to get me to uh, share my faith or whatever is uh, they typically question an event. Why did this happen or why did that happen? Um, Mm -hmm. Instead of looking for direction or a purpose or a discipline. And I don't have an answer why something happened or not. But I do have an answer on this. On my own personal faith walk and in the fact that I have faith and I have hope that things will get better. And that in the end... Through God, things will work out. No matter how horrible the situation, there will be some good come from it. And with that, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 220. Uh, and and also, once again, thanks again to all of our sponsors and supporters. So on behalf of our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, uh, the judge, Michael Cropper, and on location, Robert Koshu, the professor. Kyle Trahan, my name is Bill Cox, and we're on this No Church Answer tour. So check out our new YouTube channel. Additionally, we do our podcast with a live audience, uh, typically at men's ministry events. So if you see us, stop in and say hi. So whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Pray.com. If you have any questions or comments, you can go to our Facebook page or man-upspiritualoasis.com and post it there. And if you're unable to attend church due to COVID or the Delta variant, check out Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service on Facebook, YouTube, and sugarlandbaptist.org and start Sunday at 9.45 a.m. And when you're ready and able, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church, why local? So you'll go and participate. And find a small group, ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or Sunday School class where you can join for discussions like this. And find one that is men only. If there is one, start one. This man up. You've been listening to Man Up. You've got and I
5: want the truth. You can't handle the truth.
0: Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago i take a flamethrower
2: to this
0: place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up podcast.